welcome in is three nerds, and it's, well, I guess three couches tonight, because we're, you know, it's, we're not actually in the same room for once. It's nice, you know, to, it's kind of crowded sometimes uh, on the couch, but, um, you know, it's nice to spread out, you know, get the legs spread out, uh, you know, kick back every once in a while, um, but I do miss you guys. It's it's sometimes sad. It's, it's Joey, it's Jonathan, it's Jerry. And I tell you what, we have missed a few weeks because it's yet again, we're not those people that get paid to do this for a living. We we you know would love to get to do that one day. So that's up to people that listen. Um but also, uh because you know we have kids and jobs and things that we do nine to five uh mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah. yeah, but see, I was like, mine's kind of all over the place. Yeah, but. I know. Yeah, yours is yours is pretty much everywhere. But yeah, this particular episode says so episode five now. Finally, getting to episode five, and this one is a uh, gonna probably hit the airwaves, and it's gonna strike a chord, I believe, with everybody as we're gonna talk about. Uh, we're bringing back up, uh, digging it back up. This this dead horse that is the last Jedi. And um, we're going to beat the crap out of that corpse again today because of this new interview with Ryan Johnson, the director, that came out last Thursday from Empire Magazine. It was part of actually his, they were talking about the new movie that was the follow-up to Knives Out. It's the Glass Onion uh, that's going to be on Netflix coming out soon, which, you know, we were talking about, uh, Jonathan, we we loved Ryan Johnson movies, for real. Like, I think the only one I've hated is the last Jedi and probably not necessarily because of Ryan Johnson, just overall star Wars sequel trilogy, but you know, knives out is a superb movie, a lot of fun. And we were talking about how much we love looper. It's just, it's awesome time travel movie. And then brick, which is a fantastic, um, more modern noir movie, which is how it's set up. And it's, it's an awesome movie with Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it. So uh, I highly recommend that if people haven't seen it, but uh, the last Jedi. um, But before we get to the uh, last Jedi, Jonathan and I are going to hijack the podcast and talk about this movie we saw the other day because Jonathan and I went to go see Dragon Ball superhero. Is it super or superhero? I don't know. It was hype. Um, And for us, this was a huge deal. Like we are like, I don't know. I had a high expectation going into this movie. But it was something I've been waiting for since I was, like, nine years old. And, like, if you can't he- hear that from my excitement of voice. And I don't know, how, like, Jonathan, what were your expectations going into that? You know, I had pr- fairly high expectations because, one, uh, it was the first ever Dragon Ball movie I got to see in the theater. So oh. the, the whole experience in and of itself, I was looking forward to it. But, uh, yeah, great movie. It certainly exceeded my expectations. It took some chances uh, and a lot of chances chances that i really appreciated uh especially when it comes to the character of gohan nice yeah so for those of you who don't know dragon ball z it's like dragon ball has had the original series dragon ball and there's dragon ball z and now there's dragon ball super dragon ball z started this arc with gohan who is goku's son the main character and goku's the main character of the first series his son was somebody that they said basically could like become the whole most powerful person in the whole universe, had more potential than any other character. But they slowly teased that out over years and years and years. And when I'm talking years, I mean like this took 25 years for us to get to this point. And so 
by the time we got here, this was like our, us waiting for like Avengers Endgame when it came to Dragon Ball. And so we got to see the fulfillment of that like legend from the beginning. And the ways in which they did that were just incredible. They really capitalized on a lot of the ways they had developed his character. They really gave some solid like what's the word I'm looking for? Um fulfillment? Not not fulfillment, but the way that in which they capitalized a lot of that really did a fantastic job. They really capitalized on the relationship between him and Piccolo, which the fact that he and Piccolo developed such a strong relationship is a very big deal in the whole of like the Dragon Ball universe. Like they really have like a father-son dynamic going on, even though Goku is his dad and is still around. Piccolo has really been there for him in a ways, a lot of ways that Goku hasn't. You got to see some Goku and Vegeta and Vegeta character development happening in there. And like, you got to see a lot of the other characters have a time to shine. And you really got to see a storyline that wasn't focused on Goku and Vegeta for once. And it really excelled despite that. And I'm glad because Gohan and Piccolo are my favorite characters, but like there were like the animation for it was beautiful. The way they shot the scenes using like this combination of 3d and 2d technology gave them the ability to do like literal camera rotations or if you play around in that kind of programming, there's an effect that does a camera thing and it gives you the ability to rotate around a 3d object. So you could literally do things as if you were using a real camera and they give them the ability to use these 3d models to rotate and do all sorts of scenes that they wouldn't have been able to do before. You got to see some of the most beautiful like hype attacks that I've ever seen ever. Like one that literally drove me to tears because of how not only was it beautiful, but also like the meaning behind that specific move being used at that moment after it it's like it's fantastic highly 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 recommend seeing it um jonathan i thought you had a good time too so yeah no i had a blast and uh i think character gohan anyone who has some level of knowledge about dragon ball z the series was primarily focused on gohan and his development and for 20 plus years the character of gohan was done wrong uh, in a way, and this movie was kind of like coming full circle as far as his redemption and going back to the character that he was and echo the, your thoughts too about how the the animation style and how it was shot. It was very unique. Interestingly enough, there is I think there's some parallels with that of The Last Jedi. Uh, I know we've yeah. all talked about Last Jedi um, beyond this podcast episode and talking about the cinematography. Uh, the mm-hmm. Last Jedi being very superb, especially in comparison to the other episodic films. Uh, the musical score uh, definitely tells a story in yeah. of itself. And uh, this character of Gohan, how it was in this Dragon Ball Super, you know, Super World, and how it was redeemed. There is a lot of the fan backlash, as we all know about. Pretty much, Last Jedi, you had a point of contention on how Ryan Johnson treated the character of luke skywalker uh and it's interesting you know there's some level of parallels there for the 20 plus years uh fans for dragon ball and even fans for star wars alike where you you really have a high level passion for the character of luke being your hero your childhood hero same could be said about gohan and you see both of these characters be treated in different sort of ways right Mm -hmm. uh and it's uh i think we could all agree um, Last Jedi, as far as well, we'll, we'll disagree where it ranks <laughs> within all the episodic films. Yeah. But one thing I think we could all agree on, uh, fans, media alike, is that Last Jedi, no, honestly, it was the most polarizing Star Wars film. It's the most discussed film 
Oh, yeah. He gets the most reactions, whether positive, negative, and somewhere in the middle, net, net. It, it garners a lot of reactions. So it is fascinating. The movie, it's been five years. Seems like it was yesterday. Yeah, uh, Joey, you walked out of that theater that you told me when you first saw it. But like five years is a long time and people are still talking about it, probably even more so than Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> so it'll be, uh, I was really looking forward to this article uh, by Empire. It caught me by surprise. I, I love Knives Out. Looking forward to the sequel and and I just had this eerie suspicion. I was like, Empire is going to try. If they got Ryan Johnson, they're going to ask him about Last Jedi <laughs> while they got him. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's been a, it's a great interview, at least uh, in my eyes. So we'll definitely unpack that in this episode. Yeah. Actually, we can go ahead and do that now because I was thinking about the polarizing thing. And I was like, yeah, because Joey and I came up with quite literally different entire opinions of that movie when we saw it. And uh, that's not to fact, say there aren't. Yeah, go Jerry, ahead. You had to keep me from walking out of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Because I and and I will say I literally as soon as Leia Mary Poppins back into that ship with no explanation of anything, I yelled an expletive and stood up, and you um, you stopped me from walking out. So and yeah. that is the only reason I've ever finished that film. Yeah. I literally can't. I've tried three times and I cannot make it through that movie. I yeah, that try and I just can't. It's got a weird way that it does some of the storytelling. Like, and that's one of the things that I can't agree with you on. Is, is there's moments in that movie that are like, I really love about that movie, but there's other things I'm like, I don't know why you're choosing to tell it this specific way or some of these decisions that you made about this. Like, even with Leia and the floating away thing, like in star wars lore it's like sure that makes sense that you could do that with the force but that's not something that's really been ever explained in the cinematic universe or it was the... never explained with leia yeah they like, remember we, and... knew, we knew she was force sensitive like of course she would be right like yeah it's common sense if you see the original trilogy but nothing had ever been explained about her force use ever even yeah. in the cartoons mm-hmm. that was never explained yeah, they've never really developed that and, and with her. the thing is, I'm not a casual Star Wars fan, and I thought that was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen on film anywhere. The disrespect to her character, it made it, made it look ridiculous that they had one of the greatest female characters in history fly back into a ship. Like, that was just a joke. It was an absolute joke that they had that happen. It was a joke. It was a, it was an absolute joke. Like they tried to make her look more powerful and all these things, and she was, and it made it look stupid. And it didn't make sense. I don't care what people say. It did not make sense. It was a terrible scene in a movie of a lot of terrible scenes, and I it just it wasn't good. It was not a good scene. And I know people make a big deal out of that, but that really was the straw that broke it back for me for that movie. Is I was like, okay, I. Like, I like Ryan Johnson. Like I said, I really, really have enjoyed pretty much every other one of his movies. And I, I do not have a bad thing to say about him um, when it comes to, like, his body of work. But I have no clue what his goal was with that scene and amongst many other scenes in, in pointless characters and pointless writing that didn't make any sense to this movie. I just didn't yeah. see it. Like, it can, you can be the prettiest film ever, but if you suck, you still suck. 
<laughs> yeah, that's actually reminds me of one of the things that was in my circle of folks back where I was like one of the more divisive things was probably one of the things I thought was actually one of the most beautiful scenes was the whole like light speed ram thing. And like, I love the light speed ram scene specifically because of like cinematically how it functioned, like the way that they thought to take the sound away instead of trying to create an explosive noise and it just cuts and you just like have this moment of like emotional gravity of that thing, which is also because you're like, no one's ever thought to do that before, but I thought cinematically that was beautiful, but there's a lot of people that don't like that scene at all because they're like, why would you just do that all the time? I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I thought, I just, I just, yet again, it was just, I, I just didn't understand it with, with the way hmm. the movie was going. Yeah. I didn't understand the scene. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a cool looking scene, but cool looking doesn't make it a good scene, right? Like, doesn't make it an impactful scene. Like, but I we can agree that it's beautiful. It. Yeah, it, it, it is. You're, you're, you're a hundred percent right. It's a beautiful scene. It's incredibly done. Um, but maybe make it make sense. Maybe use that technology on a scene that isn't stupid. It isn't, doesn't, it actually makes sense to the film and it doesn't convolute things. And yet again, I'm saying, I mean, I'm telling you that the rise of Skywalker is a worse film than the last Jedi. hundred percent. Oh yeah. It's Agreed. absolutely a humongous piece of crap. garbage. It's terrible. And to, I will go ahead and put that out there as, Rise of Skywalker's right there with Attack of the Clones. And Attack of the Clones is a better movie if you watch it in context. It's just the dialogue sometimes really is horrific in that film. But The Last Jedi was it more of... It wasn't like... I'm, I'm trying to think of the best words for it. Because I didn't like the direction they went with a lot of things in the movie. I didn't. And... I'm not one of those people that's like, oh my God, they ruined Luke Skywalker. But it didn't make any sense to his character to make to, for the decisions that he made. It made no sense to make the decisions he made. And I, I understand, you know, and I, and Jonathan, I know you're going to go through the article. And I, I'm, I think I'll save it for when we go through and talk because I know that he has to bring that up. I'm sure that Ryan Johnson brings that up in the article. We were, Jerry and I were able to get the full article because you. I'm, not, I'm sorry, I'm not spending money on Empire Magazine. This Last Jedi is not making me spend any more money on it than I did already. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just, I agree with you. There's a lot of interesting choices, but I think a lot of them have issues with the storytelling as opposed to the choices. So, like, even with the Luke thing, there's a lot of stuff that happens with that that it's like, Luke becoming this frustrated, bitter old man doesn't it's not something i have a beef with honestly because like i full disclosure i'm kind of like trying to not get there with my own like personal faith things about some stuff that i'm frustrated with but i understand that but him going from like that straight into like i'm gonna kill my nephew doesn't make a lot of sense in the way that they told that story unless you have read the kylo ren comics which are awesome but they didn't do the storytelling of that so they didn't set that storyline up so it doesn't make a lot of sense in that comics but when you read it they came out after, oh, well, so I don't understand. Then, no, see, and that's where our problem is, right? And, and no, hold Disney on. Disney did this. They go and they fix their horse crap that they put into these movies with stuff afterwards, where most people don't even know that they did it, right? You see what I mean? It's like make it, well, put it in the movie, make the writing good in the movie, and not have somebody have to go a year later and read a damn comic book. I agree. 
But the thing I have an issue with in that specific regard is more like, why aren't you putting the correct people in the storytelling spots uh, where sure. they could be? Yeah. Because it's not that I don't think that story wasn't there because it seems too well crafted for that to have not been something that was in the conversation route by the time that that movie mm-hmm. came out. It's the fact that they wouldn't give the creative storytelling power to whoever they needed to give that to. And this is like, and I look at the last Jedi as something that was meant to be a part of another storyline that they didn't get to do. Yeah. Because when I, and I said that as soon as I finished that movie, like when we walked out, I was like, I think this movie is going to make a lot more sense in context of whatever happens after this. But then they backpedaled (laughs) and did the crappy, like rise of Skywalker nonsense. And I was like, okay, we're just, I'm never going to get that movie now. Which sucks because I've seen drafts of a script and I'm like, this looks awesome. Yeah. The the Colin Trevorrow portion was Dude, it, it was, looks it, it sounds so good. And it would have made and it would have made The Last Jedi a much better movie too. Yeah. But unfortunately Yeah. We didn't yeah. get that. So Also, because like they just throw the codebreaker guy out the window. I'm like, that guy like if nothing else, if you look at The Last Jedi and you watch that movie and you look at the fact that the codebreaker is a character they created. With Benicio del Toro of all people, like that should tell you that there was a different plan when that movie was made. It was supposed to be part of a different story, and that's why it doesn't make sense because that's not the story it's supposed to be in. Well, it was in that story, and yeah, it was terrible. But let's hear more about this article because yeah, we didn't have a chance you, to read it. You, but Jonathan, you go did. through because you know I can I can go on long long rants. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think we could all go on a rant about uh, Last Jedi for sure. And, uh, you know, just going through this here, there is a quote that was kind of, it touched on it uh, to what you were talking about, uh, Joey, about as far as some of the chances that he was taking, he being uh, Ryan Johnson. And uh, he's quoted, he being Ryan Johnson, that it says, I am even more proud of it five years on when I was up at bat. I really swung at the ball. And and so my reaction to that is 100% agreement uh, with him. He really yeah. – swinging the ball uh, – yeah. swinging at the ball and hitting the ball are two different things. And, and so it's it definitely, you know, there's no debate Ryan Johnson uh, – took a lot of chances and and i'll go ahead and share my quick opinion on this is that um and also for context i've read the entire duel of the fates script by colin trevorrow um it is definitely a cohesive arc Mm -hmm. uh with force awakens last jedi to that of um duel of the fates it connects to the prequel and classic trilogy as far as the thematic elements and not only the locations as far as like going back to coruscant the jedi temple on coruscant and whatnot um but it gets into the clone wars with the planet uh, mortis uh with what is true balance of the force which you see on the planet yes. octo um with it was all about balance and some people were like is it a drayden voss thing you know kind of with the um or i may have got his name wrong but the the gray jedi he was actually quoted um in the obi-wan show Quinlan, thank you Quinlan voss yes thank you um dryden i think was the one in the solo movie now thank you thank you um disney get 
Yeah, yeah. Doesn't he get in their character name swapped up there a little bit? But besides mm-hmm. the point, um, you know, I, again, Ryan Johnson definitely took a lot of chances. I, I did have some concerns uh, as far as like the execution. Um, but another quote here from Ryan Johnson is he says, I love it as a Star Wars movie. Emphasis on Star Wars, says Johnson, who can now appreciate it somewhat with a detached eye. Uh, another quote he said is my intention from the start was to put everything I love about star Wars into it. And in a very meaningful way, try and dig into what star Wars means to me and what star Wars meant when I was a kid, what star Wars meant now through the whole journey I had that I think a lot of us our age had. And yeah. So just curious for both of you, what was part of his childhood. No, no. Time out on that. Time out on that. Because I just watched the our episode. Luke is drinking that. Like, that's just normal beverage for him. I kid you not. Because I recognize I was like, oh, that's where that came from. I see your face, Joey. You don't believe me, but I promise it was there. Um... See, this is the problem. I thought that I just half just waited for a scene where he was just going to be under an udder, just drinking it straight from the source, just because they had already just 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 taken Luke's story and made it so ridiculous. I mean, I get you, but there is a reason apparently that it's there. I, I'm I, I'm using it as an example, right? Because mm-hmm. a they use it so they could sell it at Disney. A the blue milk's better in Galaxy's Edge. So just gonna let oh, you guys know. Okay. Good to know. Um but it's yeah, I mean I understand, like, you know, he him saying he, you know, you know, he likes it, he appreciates it and loves it even more five years later. Well, guess what? I took a crap five years ago too that I was pretty impressed with, but it was still a crap. So, you know, it's it, yet again, man, it's like not everybody's going to be a winner. Not everybody's going to enjoy it, right? And um, and I'm fine that people enjoy the movie. I don't really care if people like it or don't like it. Um, you know, I just had issues with it. And it was, there's, like you said, Jerry, why didn't they get the people that write the good stuff, that have the good ideas to come in and do these things? Well, I mean... God knows what goes through Kathleen Kennedy's head on a daily basis. It's usually bad ideas uh, recently and bad hirings and things like that. But occasionally she gets it right, you know. So, but to this movie, I, I don't, you know, I think I read in part of that article that that um, he said that he, that Ryan Johnson said he meets with Kathleen Kennedy often. And that they're still talking about getting his trilogy that everybody thought was going to be canned after how he hated, uh, or after people hated the Jet- last Jedi or loved it, right? Well, I'm like, man, if they're going to like cancel an Obi-Wan movie because Solo didn't do as well as they hoped it would, I mean, you, you're going to put a Ryan, like you're going to put a Ryan Johnson trilogy out there that half your fan base isn't going to go watch. Maybe, maybe. Okay. But here's the thing will. I think about that. I think that that would actually probably succeed well, because if you give, here's the problem with the the sequel trilogy. There's never been someone who was overseeing the story of the whole thing at the time. So like they had Mm -hmm. three different directors come in with three different visions. They canned one of the directors 
kept the other two, and then you had J.J. Abrams end it, who does not know how to write an ending, mind Oh, you. no. No. So you had the guy who doesn't know how to write an endings write an endings. You had him set up the mystery box, which he's good at. You had Ryan Johnson make it more complex and vast and interesting, but then you didn't keep the guy who could have put it all together, and you still didn't have a cohesive story like planned ahead of time. So... If you gave a director the ability to have that whole cohesive storyline for the whole trilogy to set it up to be able to write all the pieces and set the foundations where he needed to set them and then build it, I think he's probably a really good choice for it, honestly. See, this, 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 John, I'm sorry, I'm jumping in again, but this, this is something Okay, go ahead. I agree. direction that Ryan Johnson took the last Jedi. Now, people are very skeptical about the direction he's going to take another trilogy. Right. Well, if they ever want to be able to, yeah, I'm not saying, no, 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 I get it. No, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I'm not saying saying I do. Cause yet again, I think he's a good, I think he's a really good director and I actually think he will do a good job. I will certainly go see these movies. I'm just, I guess I'm playing devil's advocate with it where whether people are being irrational or not about their opinion of the last Jedi, you know, it is okay for people to hate it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that like it that think it's ridiculous and that people that hate it just don't understand it. It's like people do understand it. They just don't like it. That's the thing. It's like they saw the same movie that everybody saw. They just didn't like it. And that's the thing is like I didn't like the direction that they – I didn't like the story they tried to tell with Luke about not having any hope after he's literally the person that brought hope in he and Leia and in, in, in the first – in the trilogy – like, that's the whole thing at the end of it is that that he has brought that back, right? That's the whole thing with it. And he's done that by seeing the good in his mass murdering father. But yet his nephew has thoughts and he doesn't think that like, maybe I'll just talk to him, work with him through it. Nah, let's just kill him. Can't have another one of these walking around. Even though I let my dad, you know, gave him a good Jedi burning death. Even though he was already burned anyway. But still, it was, um, I, you know you know what I mean? Like, it's things like that where you're just like, okay, well, I can understand maybe he goes through all, But I, I don't, right? I don't, because there's no context to it going forward. You're like, okay, well, here's this snippet. But like, I just don't see Luke Skywalker doing, doing the things that he did. The way that his character was written, the way his things, and it didn't flow well. And that's, that was the thing where I just didn't like that direction. And people are just like, ah, oh, you know, whatever. It, that makes total sense that he would be like this. Like, it doesn't. To me, it didn't. It's cool if it does to somebody else. It didn't to me. It still doesn't. Like I said, it still does not make sense that Luke would cut himself off for the Force. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense that he would leave everybody after the... Um, rebellion like all the people like leia han all those people it makes no sense that he would do that that is not with him, like what luke did it wasn't him like i, I, I don't know i just it didn't make any this sense is to me. this is why there needs to be the, the kylo ren movie needs to be a thing or a kylo ren series because that comic series literally deals with every single one of your complaints however they have not done that. They have just put it as a comic series and right. most people don't know that it does that. So it's hard for me to objectively look at this because I'm like, I know the story. I know sure. why all these things but happen. We, but nobody knows the story at this time, right? This is, well, if the Kylo Ren comics had come out prior, 
Like, like we def- can't talk about the the extended universe, right? Because we can't talk about it mm-hmm. because it technically wasn't part of it, right? So we can't talk about the things that happened in the books or these things like that, right? We have to look at it as this is what we were presented with in The Force Awakens and in in then The Last Jedi. So to me, like I said, to me, it made no sense. Jonathan, sorry, mm-hmm. you can go ahead. I'm Jonathan's got, yeah. Yeah, so a few things both of you were touching on. Again, for the listeners out there, I'm very much in the middle on this. Um, I I did enjoy The Last Jedi. There were, you know, eye-rolling moments and then, you know, uh, what just happened? That was awesome kind of moments too. But uh, sequel trilogy, let's not beat a dead horse on this point. The fact of the matter is, objectively speaking, it was a recipe for disaster in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Why? Yep. We talk about, oh, there's only one director fired. I had to look at the number of screenwriters that were let go by Disney. Oh, I don't uh, know Michael, about that. Michael Arndt, who penned the um, screenplay for Toy Story 3, was originally the person who penned the story for The Force Awakens. They did not oh. care for his draft before. They didn't care for the draft um, that George Lucas dropped on the desk of Bob Iger and Kathy Kennedy. They wanted to make a film for the fans. And so you, you have, that's the, the genesis wait, wait, of the problem. Wait, 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 wait. You, you make let, a let film me, for the so, fans, but you don't use George yeah, Lucas' so, script? Well, or look, the thing, the thing, well, because the thing is, is that uh, they, the Disney was rushing to re- release episode seven in a way that they didn't have time to put an arc together they, they and they they'll they'll say it to the shareholders like, hey, we're going to have three different directors with three different visions. Ackman's Razor, all things considered equal. What's the most reasonable explanation? We want three directors with three different visions, or we just don't have time to get an arc. We just made a massive purchase of the Lucasfilm property. We got to get our return on investment and get the movie out in the theater. Oh, George and Lucasfilm, they did three year gaps between each episodic film. We're going to do two year gaps. Yeah, you know, it, it, it was all about rushing and getting out content and using this nostalgia. Disney does that all the time. Every single yeah. property that they touch, as much as I enjoy the MCU and all these properties, it's nostalgia. Top, down, left, right. If people can't figure that out, you got to bias. And it's cool. We all have our biases here, but nostalgia is a real deal. It's the one that you know, Jerry and I, I was a kid cheering in the theater last Friday yeah. because that was a kid in me. I have a bias. It was nostalgic. And I remember the scene where it was like, oh, when Gohan does this in the movie, and I won't do any spoilers, it was uh, like when he did this in the show 20-plus years ago. That's nostalgia. Okay? It's it's a device. People got to get, get, get their brains around that. But... Um, where I was going with this is I'm going to defend Ryan Johnson here. Considering there is no arc rush production because he was, he was doing this screenplay treatment. Uh, he was kind of like lagging behind a little bit for JJ and they had to connect on a few things. Like one example of which was BB eight was originally going to go with Ray to Octo. And then Ryan Johnson Ooh. said, Hey, I need R2 D2 to go with Ray. Is that cool? And JJ's like, sure. You know, so that's while some people would be like, Oh, that's cool. You got two different visionary directors communicating. I look at it as a problem that no, you don't have an arc. That's, Mm -hmm. that's an output of not having an arc. So my defense to Ryan Johnson is, and this is my bias. I love 
the middle act. Two Towers, Lord of the Rings, hands down, my favorite act. Because I love taking your central characters and putting them through the most the biggest trial to get them to be the person that they need to be for the climax, right? We see that with Empire Strikes Back. Um, the, the easiest news that Luke could have received was this person that, you know, you looked up to years ago, Obi-Wan said, this person killed your father. He murdered your father. So Vader said, yeah, I killed your dad. That would have been the easiest information he would have ever received. And Ryan Johnson was quoted saying this. I'm, um, you know, in one of the documentaries called The Director and the Jedi. The worst news that Ray could get, or the easiest news Ray could get, is like, yeah, your parents are these people. They're these Force-sensitive individuals. No. The worst news is you have no place in the story. You got to make your own. You're a random. You make your own story. You're, you're, you're a nobody. Um, and at the same time, you know, I loved that arc. Because yeah. Ray's, Ray's creating her own legacy. Um, and you see that come to fruition in the Duel of the Fakes uh, screen treat, uh, screenplay treatment by Colin mm-hmm. Trevorrow. But Ryan Johnson had a tough, tough job here, right? Because he had no arc. And he still had that problem with anybody having telling a second act is what story do i need to tell to get this these characters from point a to point b right all knowing that i have full autonomy and i'm still trying to tell a story that's honoring the mythos the star wars and i'll quote an uh, an excerpt from the article where he talks about that it's a tough act let's just be real um and if ryan johnson has his own trilogy he will not have that problem he's gonna have time to put an art together and and people say, well, like, really? I'm like, has he released his first movie yet? Fans? No, he's, he has an extremely busy schedule, but he's, when he finds availability, he's going to put an art together. So it's going to tell a cohesive story. Um, now whether or not that lines up to what star Wars is or what it's not, that's TBD, but he's going to have an arc. The sequel trilogy did not have an arc. So, um, I, in my opinion, episodes seven through nine, fully flawed films yep. at, at face value, just because it did not have an arc. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, each film kind of has its pros and cons. But even Rise of Skywalker, but I'm, this episode's not about Rise of Skywalker. But I can find things to say good and negative about anything that Disney and even George Lucas has released. You know, from Star Wars. I think what happened with The Last Jedi, though, is it really struck a chord with the fan base and saying, and this is really going against the grain of what Star Wars is, the myth of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas other people, like myself, I, I kind of liked the leeways that Ryan Johnson took in saying, hey, we need to go into a new direction here. Yeah. You know, I, I do like some of those things that he, the, the why behind him doing it uh, again the execution of it that's <laughs> um that's up that's definitely up for debate and and again i think on our first podcast we were talking about uh i used the line of six degrees of skywalker disney just can't get away from the skywalkers and and i'm afraid and i'm hopeful but i'm also cautiously optimistic about Andor because 
mm-hmm. and or now people are saying, oh, it's completely different. It doesn't do fan service. I, I'm pretty certain that they're going to get into the Skywalker saga. They're going to have some level of connection, whether through Vader, through the Skywalkers, their Organas, something like that. Because Disney hasn't shown anything in the past 20 plus years where any of their properties do not have yeah. connective tissue. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're, so yeah. that, but, um, but really quick, uh, let me get into this quote and sorry, it took me um, a while to get to that. So the, the quote that Ryan Johnson said to this is, I think it's impossible for any of us to approach star Wars without thinking about it as a myth when we were raised that we were raised with, excuse me. And that how that myth, that story baked itself into us and affected us. The ultimate intent was not to strip away. The intent was to get to the basic fundamental power of myth. And ultimately, I hope the film is an affirmation of the power of the myth of Star Wars in our lives. Thoughts to that quote? That ultimately Star Wars is a myth? That just sounds like he just threw a bunch of words together to make himself sound smart. That sounded like a bunch of garbly crap. Well, hold on. I'm thinking about this from like a storytelling perspective. I don't even blame Ryan Johnson. for Yet again, I don't blame Ryan Johnson for The Last Jedi. Okay? I don't. It's it's, like you said, they, they, Disney did this. Okay? Kathleen Kennedy and Disney did this. Let's just go ahead and put the blame to where it is. That's who did it. You know, he's a casualty of this movie, right? In a weird way. Like you said, he had good things, but man, you get well, and, and that's my thing too, right? It, it, so, so we talk, so you're talking about the Ray thing with the no parents, right? I, that, I, th- I, I thought that was fine. I thought that was actually a good thing. I, I was, what they did. You, you thought that was fine. However, I'm going to, okay, I think I, well, I think I understand what he's... Hold on, give me just a second. I think I understand what he's trying to say here. Because ultimately, he's saying it's a myth. But what that myth is, is different for everybody. So, like, you like the whole Ray decision with her being a nobody. I like the fact that she was a nobody. But there was a great deal of people who viewed the Force and Star Wars being... Not Star Wars in and of itself, being a story about the Skywalkers. They all viewed it like... It was supposed to be the Skywalker-centric story, and like taking it away from the Skywalkers like doesn't make sense, and like taking Ray into some place where she doesn't have relation to anybody. Like she's too powerful to not blah, or be related to anybody. Blah blah blah. Like it, it has to be about somebody that's already pre-existing in this story. Like that's what the myth is for them. And so, I think I kind of understand a little bit about what he's saying. It's like, what story is the story that's trying to be told here? Like the Jedi, like. We had been thought, like, for a long time, we thought the Jedi were, like, this really, like, righteous order who experienced this terrible downfall. And as we get more of the expanded, like, more of the universe expanded upon us, like, we understand more about, like, the Jedi were flawed as well. Like, they were not these perfect paragons of justice. They were flawed people who went through their own levels of trauma and their own levels of issues. And the backlash that the Sith have against them, some of their points are genuinely valid. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, those points are being manipulated for evil, but there are times when you, they make some very good points and those criticisms are valid and the Jedi ignore that. And it's cool when they can, for the people who like stand in the middle like Qui-Gon and stuff like that and like can recognize that. And like even on the other side, like there's people who are like dark side users, but they're like, no, I don't think the Jedi are all terrible. Like there's just, they're flawed in these regards. But that's the thing. 
it's the question of what is that myth to you? Like, what is that myth for each person that watches Star Wars or reads it or whatever? Like, it means something different for everybody. And since we don't have anything that's kind of, or maybe we do have a kind of a cohesiveness to what it's supposed to be, but it hasn't really been fully flushed out. And I think yeah. that's part of the problem is because I think there's this conflict between people who want this to be a, a story of the Skywalker because they view Star Wars as a Skywalker story. When there's the others of us who view Star Wars as this wonderful universe with all these eclectic groups of people of difference and all of these people who have different backgrounds, there's complexities to the force, there's complexities to motivations, characters can relate to each other in different ways. That's part of what makes the Mandalorian so so interesting is you have all these characters from these different backgrounds. And it's what makes Ahsoka so interesting is because she's somebody who has to wrestle with all of that. But that's not how everybody sees it. Well, this is the problem, right? Is they market it as the Skywalker saga, right? I don't, I don't well, they, not, not at the time. They do now. Well, not at the time. They Well, maybe not. But th- I didn't really – say that again. I didn't really care about Rey – uh, being related to anybody from the because neither did I. Yeah, all the Jedi most like ninety nine percent of the Jedi weren't for kids of force sensitive, famous force sensitives. Yeah, right? because you weren't allowed Anakin to do the hanky panky in the Jedi order. Technically, was I guess he was Palpatine's some weird force baby. Technically, but but you got to think about like Mace Windu. Well, we know who knows his parents. Nobody. Obi Wan parents were regular old people. They just they did. I went and found these people. Right, so. The fact that people, that's what maybe I thought of a stupid people react about Ray. I'm like, every freaking one of them was nobody that came before for the most part. Obviously, Luke wasn't, but it, you know, Luke and Leia weren't. But other than that, yeah. you don't, nobody's kids were like, other than when it went forward, right? I mean, th- there were other people's, when you got in the EU, right? People's kids became forces. Well, yeah, because it was illegal. Han and, and Han and Leia's kids, right? They did. And obviously, Kylo Ren did. But prior to that, you didn't know anybody's freaking kid, who their parents were if they were anybody big. They just went and picked the. They went and kidnapped the kids from the planets and yeah. brought them back to the temple. We still don't know who Grogu's parents are. It, it, right. Oh, we know. We know Yoda be. We know what Yoda <laughs> and Yaddle be doing. We know what they've been doing. We don't talk about Yaddle. Yeah. Well. Yeah, she. <laughs> she. Uh, well, apparently they they said that I don't know. I I, I, I heard she's going to show up in something soon. Yaddle. Is. What. Yeah. So I don't know what it is. I can't remember what the platform there's said. A, there's a ton of things she could show up on. There it is. could be. She's dead. It could be Jedi survive canonically during like the Mandalorian time. She's dead, but yeah, but she could show up in Andor. She could show up in like friggin' Jedi Survivor. Like she could show up in all sorts of stuff. See, that's what I. Maybe it is Yaddle that shows up in Jedi Survivor. Um, I would lose yeah, my mind if we're remember, if, but, when we do our playthrough of that. If that happens, I'm gonna like jump off the couch. I know. Our, I think I read that that it's like in one of the publications that Yaddle actually died saving Anakin um, and during the Clone Wars or something of that nature. Um, I don't know. I can't remember where I read that at, but I, I, I read that somewhere that, that it was somewhere written. In, I don't know if it's a canon book or not or canon substance that, that Yaddle yeah, I got you, yeah. died saving Anakin in the Clone Wars, which is kind of a cool story, right? Um, that would be cool. But... Yeah, I, like I said, I you know I I don't put the blame on Ryan Johnson. I think he gets a bad rap about this, but it's just you know I I will never say that this is a good movie because it wasn't to me. Yeah, it wasn't. It, yeah. it didn't. It didn't extend the myth for me. It it didn't hurt Star Wars for me because the you know the originals that and I love the world of it, 
But if you have people that don't understand the world of Star Wars and they see this sequel trilogy, they're going to be like, what the, what is, you don't, they don't know anything about it. And so that's part of the reason. Yeah. You know, sometimes Disney, yeah. Disney doesn't help itself to new fans or old because new fans will just eat it up. Some people just don't have any taste. I hate to say it. They just don't have any taste in movies. That's why Fast and Furious has 10 movies. I mean, it's just, Stuff like hey, we don't talk about family like that. Yeah, well, yeah. It used to be just about street racing in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. I uh, love the first one so yeah. much. <laughs> one movie one, it was. One movie was. Let, um, let me go back to that uh, point about, like, the myth, because, yeah, that quote is very intriguing. And and when I first read it, I was like, oh, I wonder if he, being Ron Johnson, he's talking about, like, the hero arc right and like there are these the are the hero's journey there's the you know the the three stages um when there's like this call to adventure right uh, that being like a departure there's this initiation it's a second phase where it's like trials tribulations you think about the second act right you know with luke and empire um and then finally the the return um being that third act and in the character the myth of luke now I see it in a different light and that the hero's journey for Luke wasn't com- may have not been complete hmm. at the time that Vader uh, was redeemed. Um, maybe he could still have been in that initiation um, phase itself and that, you know, with The Last Jedi, the myth, the legend of Luke Skywalker, Luke fulfills that he's like you you know yoda tells him stop you know again teaching him same lessons you know stop looking towards the future and and all that this girl this girl ray needs your help right now the galaxy needs luke right and you know and i love that when he confronts ben um he doesn't have a superpower force uh force superpower you know it's a very intimate confrontation between you know an uncle and a nephew, but nephew having a lot of insecurities, right? Uh, but, you know, Luke just, you know, doing the tough thing and saying, okay, I'm going to be that face and um, create this spark of hope. And it seems like that could have been, you know, Luke's fulfillment, that return in that hero's journey. And obviously looking at r- the character Ray, I love that initiation because, again, she got the worst news that she could have possibly got, you know? Like, you're not going to find out who your parents are. You got to make your own place in the story, right? To get her to where it needs to be. And this is the last comment I'll make. This is why I, it's my biggest defense of The Last Jedi, because I felt at its core, Ryan Johnson and Ron Bergman wanted to tell a, a, a caring, loving story that really got to the heart of the matter of these characters and not just try to sell merchandise just try to create nostalgia. I pr- I appreciate the risk. Some of the risk, there were no return on investments. There were some head scratching moments. I how we started off this episode, I could not agree more, Joey. That Mary Poppins of a moment, it was like it was a world break, right? I loved the the whole idea of the sound and how that mm. worked with um, the Haldo maneuver. But I. I cannot stand the rule breaking or the false precedent that that it could potentially create 
for future Star Wars content. And I also say, too, if you want to do a, um, a sacrificial move by Haldo, just do it like the A-Wing pilot did on the Executor and Return of the Jedi and just ran straight into it, put all power, full power front row shields and go right, head, right ahead. They already said early in the movie, the cruiser went faster than Snoke's ship. You know, they could have done some things there to give, or just you know, where don't have a pointless character like Holdo. Well, yeah, and 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 the, and, and Holdo was used primarily because Poe had nothing to do. Um, Poe needed to have to a. Do. Well, he still had but, nothing to do. No, I, 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 mean, I, did, I, 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 I disagree. Just at its core level, he he did have something to do because of his conflict with Holdo. But that's why, you know. Again, that's why. Forced. That's the why behind. Really forced. Well, well, yeah, because it's like you're splitting your heroes apart, right? And I guess they're like, hey, we want to have Finn and Rose, and not be like Finn and Poe, because we already got that in Episode Seven, that little mm-hmm. dynamic. So let's try. Let's put Finn in a predicament, give him a new relationship, right, and get him to realize his place in this, and not just be a deserter. But he's like, no, you're part of the. The resistance, right? Um, and then obviously Ray, she needed to be by herself because she went through the spiritual journey very similar to what Luke went through, right? On Dagobah in Empire. Um <clears throat> so you know, for that, at its core, I think um Last Jedi is a is a really good movie. Um it's now as a Star Wars movie just given some of the, the execution, it it's questionable at best. And I just feel conflicted as far as whether or not it's a really good star Wars movie on its own merit. Um, but I do appreciate Ryan Johnson as far as trying to swing at, you know, when he went up to bat, like he was quoted, he really tried to swing at the ball. You know, I, I appreciate him doing that because again, uh, force awakens and rise to Skywalker. It was just a popcorn flick. Yeah, pretty bad. Let's numbers. let's let's just get some merchandising going on there, and hey, let's let's you know, and then Ryan Johnson just said, you know, he kind of he didn't want to. I think he didn't want to insult the audience's intelligence and wanted to give them something that diverted expectations and got people talking. Case in point, it's five years. Yeah, guys, we're that's still talking about this movie. I mean, that's a fact. That's what I was going to say. Is the fact that like <laughs> that movie really he, the idea that he really wants you to think about who are these characters at their core like who are these people mm-hmm. force awakens doesn't do that uh rise of skywalker doesn't do that and to a certain extent some of the original series does not make you really think about who are these characters at their core like people wrestle with luke so much in the midst of this because they have a vision of luke but it really makes you ask the question of like who is luke at this who is Leia? Why can Leia suddenly fly out in space when she hasn't been talked about anything? Even still to that point, like we're questioning like what were her priorities and what was she doing? Like we're asking questions like, did she learn this stuff? Like what is her story like here? We're learning a lot about Finn and rest of all of even like her and her backstory. And like, she's somebody, she's like one of the few characters we've actually seen who like is really been in this for a long time and is lost. Like we only, and we don't really know much about Poe's, backstory at that point so she's the first time we really get to see anybody who's in the resistance that goes through that and even with luke like i really honestly think they're going to kind of stick with some of this neglect of the galaxy that joey brought up because if you think about the mandalorian like 
Luke is still not really paying attention to the problems of the galaxy at this point. Like, he shows up on the ship not because he cares about anything that's going on. He cares because he's trying to go pick up uh, Grogu. But he's been AWOL, like, the whole time. Yeah, and just very quickly to piggyback on that, I mean, there's already a seed planted where Luke is dealing with hubris uh, and pride, and Luke talks to, confesses that to Ray as far as being transparent said, I dealt with pride. I saw the Skywalker blood and I can do this. And he had that moment with Grogu, right? You're going to be the first student in the Academy. And, 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 and again, it, it's interesting how it's all coming to fruition. Now I will go back to an earlier point though, that Joey made like in the context of like the flow, right? From seven, eight, and nine, I, I disagree with Disney's approach where they try to fix the mess after the fact, with like graphic novels and other IPs oh, yeah. and shows, they need to get the story it, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's like you you didn't nothing can convince us otherwise that you did not have an arc. Disney, right. it's cool. Just come clean with it. Mm-hmm. You learn your lesson and stop doing buzz terminology. As far as um, I can't remember what Kathy Kennedy said, we, Joe, Joey, we talked about in the first episode, I believe it was. Um, their release schedule and how they're taking approaching oh, yeah, star wars yeah. but it's like no like tomato tomato you guys didn't have an arc plot storytelling it's not the first time it won't be the last time disney you do it um and the the fan base for star wars is completely different um than the fan bases for toy story for mcu and for frozen mm-hmm. all their other ips it's it's just different okay it's just different and and the the demographic is far more diverse in star wars than other properties that disney has well quite frankly because when you kind of frozen hasn't been out as long as star wars has been out okay yeah all right i'm just calling it for what it is so um you know again i i hope uh, at least the spirit of the storytelling is what disney adopts from ryan johnson and and truly just taking some risk there's some future yeah. ips it looks pretty interesting with the apple i i'm i'm hopeful Ooh, for andor mm-hmm. i'm hopeful for andor but that i'm i'm more really more hopeful for acolyte than i am andor and the only reason being is because we're andor where it takes place in the storyline so right. it's kind of like i feel like it, if it if it wasn't a television show on Disney Plus, it would have been a graphic novel. And it would have been like the Darth Vader co- graphic novel series where it's kind of filling in the blanks and it's like, oh, now it all makes sense. Yeah. Right. Um, whereas like the Acolyte, I think the series finale is, well, you know, you're going to see the chosen one and the whole plan to be enacted that connects with episode one, The Phantom Menace. Again, Disney has got to get out of the six degrees well, of Skywalker. They said that's what it's going to do. Yeah. And it's like, they Basically. just... They just can't, they just, Disney just can't help themselves. But they call it the Skywalker I, saga. I, I call it the quicksand. They just can't get out of yeah. episodes one through nine for if their life depended on it. No, they can't. I mean, um, they can't. And it's like, if I was Ryan Johnson, I would say, you get me the old Republic area. I don't want to touch anything from episodes one through nine with a 10 foot pole and same thing if it's in the future past episode nine i don't want to deal with ray i don't want to deal with any of that i just want to get me as far away from that as possible so i can have an arc that's fully autonomous 
I can tell a cohesive story and fulfill the myth of Star Wars, the hero arc. And I think that's hopefully a recipe for success. Well, let's hope so, because <laughs> it, it, it definitely can be, it, it's concerning to see, because you're right, I, I, I don't know, I know why Disney's doing it, because they're, they're trying to please everybody, always, because that's what Disney is supposed to do, right? Like, that's what they put out. It's to please the most people at one time. Um, but th- they just haven't gotten that with Star Wars other than, you know, Rogue One was great. It was, uh, you know, everybody thought, man, that, that's the, the kickoff to it. That's going to be fantastic. This is the way it's going to go. Uh, we're in great shape. And, and you know, like I said, Andor, Andor's going to be, should be a really good show. It could be, it could be a really cool show, be kind of gritty and things like that, be fun. Um, but, like you said, I, I hope that they deal with the peripheral side of the Skywalker portion of it and don't deal directly with it, with the Leia's. I mean, I know, I think we're going to see Obi-Wan at some point in it. And I know we're going to, like, Ahsoka is one of those things where people that didn't watch the cartoons, she's new to a lot of people, right? And and they it's still people don't really understand how important she is and was and how much she's beloved with... Uh, within the you know within Star Wars, but uh, and how cool her character is, and Rosario Dawson's awesome as her. Um, mm-hmm. But it's I think that you know, you're going to see that part of it, so it's going to connect because yet again they're doing that to to put, basically place an ad for the show Ahsoka that's coming out next year, right? And yeah. possibly for Obi Wan season two. Um, so it's that's the problem with it, right? Is they're handling it almost like ads for their next seasons and not necessarily um, putting a good story together. I think it's going to be kind of cool seeing how the Senate is during this time. I actually mm-hmm. am pretty interested in that part of it, like with the Mon Mothma portion. So yeah. that would be kind of interesting to see because we haven't really seen that part. All you hear mm-hmm. really in, you, you see a little bit of it, but all you really see and you know, after it's over, you see a little bit of rebel in the rebels, but it's you just hear that he's you know dissolved the Senate, and that's it. <laughs> that's pretty much. Yeah, it. they talk about that in episode four. I wonder if we're gonna get to see that. That'd be cool. Yeah, but there's enough yeah. story. I was gonna say there's enough story in Star Wars that they can tell really Absolutely. impactful, exciting stories. Like mm-hmm. I remember when I was watching Mandalorian, like. I'm not, first of all, I'm not a person who's ever really been into Mandalorian lore. Like, played the Old Republic. I was like, ah, the Mandalorians are cool, but like, it's not really my thing I'm into. But then they came out with that show, and it was just so immensely fascinating and interesting. And the way that they did all these characters was great. The fact that Grogu even existed in the first place was like this mystery of like, what is going on? And like, he's getting to have this entire different experience. And from people that we knew were of his race before. And like, that was great. And then we get to the end of the first season, and all of a sudden, like, I thought I would see Moff Gideon bust a lightsaber out to get out of the TIE fighter at the end of this. I was like expecting there to just be like this red lightsaber that pops out, but then the lightsaber popped out and it was black. And I kid you not, I yelled in my living room and jumped off my couch and like screamed. Like I was so excited because I did not expect that. And the fact that you can get those kinds of moments without having any Skywalker involved in it all. Disney needs to lean into that. I mean, listen, yeah. the Luke scene at the end of season two was awesome. I'll be oh, honest. it was great. It was, it was, I'm just saying they don't cool. need it. They didn't need it. You're exactly right. They didn't need it for it to still be cool. Having another Jedi show up would have been awesome. Yeah, right? that could have been the crew of the Mantis suddenly busting in and like taking stuff down. And I would have been 
just as excited if not more like i i, I and my thing is i would have just loved it if it was din jaren who just saved his son mm-hmm. being yeah. that of grogu and mm-hmm. uh, i i tear it up uh the moment when he took off the helmet uh and revealed his face to oh, grogu that man. was the most heartwarming uh, moment. Christ. It wasn't that. It wasn't the when Grogu goes with Luke it, it, and saying goodbye. It was really. It was that moment because I was crying for Jin Jaren because you know that was the creed, right? You, you can't reveal your face, and he was combating with that for. I mean, we're watching it, so if you look at it in totality, we probably spent what you know ten to fifteen hours mm-hmm. as a viewer with that character, right? Combating with I can't take off my mask, even that love interest in episode four of season one. He's like, I'm still, I can't take off my helmet uh, for you. Right. And, um, and, and I thought that was such a, he really wanted to, well, but yeah. And, and, and and again, I, I, I tear. Yeah. But listen, I teared up when he revealed the face to Grogu because it was a, it was this full arc. There was this fatherly figure. And obviously the three of us were dads, right? Yeah. There's a little bit of bias, but it, it, at its core, it's a loving story between a father and the son. And Jerry, you hit the nail on the head talking about that father son dynamic, you know, earlier. And, and that's what this myth, the star Wars, you know, it's like George said, it's a family soap opera. Uh, We can all relate to it. We all have our position in families, you know, and, and they're different, you know, but we can always go to these characters and find some level of attachment to one character or multiple ones, probably more so than others. But you, you still need to know at its core, like Jerry, you were saying, who who is this character? Like what motivates them? What's going to get them to where they need to be, right? And these stories, they give us that level of hope. And um, that's what I, going back to Last Jedi, I really appreciated is a sense of hope that it instilled. Um, you know, I, it, and again, quote, going back to this Empire article, uh, I think this goes hand in glove with what we've been talking about. And Ryan Johnson says, to me, actual fan service is serving the characters in the most deeply affecting way possible. I know as a fan, there is a pleasure in just being able to point at the screen and say, oh, I recognize that. It feels good to see that. But to me, the deeper and more interesting and ultimately more meaningful pleasure is to have story choice choices that serve the characters in ways that maybe you didn't expect but that ultimately make things harder on them and thus make their eventual victory more satisfying end quote you know and and i I guess we'll start winding this down and i'll respond to that i did not feel any connection to any of the characters in the sequel trilogy i didn't connect to any of those characters the new the new ones the new ones the okay Okay. The new characters. I, I didn't. Okay. I didn't feel like there was any family connection. I didn't. Ca- I didn't. I didn't buy the bond or the attempt from Luke and Ray. I just didn't. It just didn't seem to me that it was a natural thing. And I understand that Luke didn't want to do it. Right. Right. Um, but it to me, it was a very awkward thing that, and not in an awkward and like yeah, it was supposed to be awkward because he didn't want to do it, but more of just it. It, I didn't feel like there was that connection there that should have been um, and, and yet again it's like we talk about this hope in this family I didn't feel that I thought that sense of hope that the way that that movie ended on um, the, the I, forgive me for the planet but the, 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 they were on uh, at the end had like the red stuff Cray, 
Great. That's great. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just, yet again, I was, that whole thing was just nothing to me. I, I just, I knew how it was going to end. Um, you know, Ray was going to show up and do something wild and she moved all the rocks and, you know, it was just, it, it and then, you know, Luke showing up as a project force projection. Um, you know, truthfully, Luke at that particular point should have been strong enough to go out there on his actual own and stop the the lasers, right? Like Luke is literally a grandmaster. Like he's as strong of a Jedi as there has been, right? I mean, technically, correct? Like Luke in the canon should be that. Uh, strong. Uh, but, that's debatable. But no, yeah, but, no, 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 but so, is, I, go ahead. That scene didn't do it for me because there was no stakes for Luke to me. Like, like Luke, Luke was, I mean, they just, they have him disappear at the end of it. Like there was yet again, there was not really anything. It was just so forced. It was a forced thing. At the end, I was just kind of like, really? Like I had no emotional connection to it because he finally shows up as a freaking projection to Leia after all this time. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm sorry, man. Like that just doesn't that that was not that was there was no way at at the end of Return of the Jedi that Luke would have shown up as a projection in the Force to Leia after that. I'm sorry, their bond and their things like that was that everything they had been through together. That was something that would not have happened. Luke would have been by his sister's side through all of that, no matter what. He would have been there. Regardless of his own crate, whatever it was. Now, even if Luke would have gone out there and gotten killed, right? On his own, right? By, by Kylo Ren or the, the, the ships or whatever it was. They, there's absolutely no way that he would have abandoned Leia in that part. Even, even if he was you know, upset about what happened with Kylo Ren before with Ben. There's absolutely no way this dude shows up as a force projection and then dies. Well, or goes into a you know a force ghost. Well, just, I'm sorry. It just, you, 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 there's just there's just no way that would have happened. There's no yeah. way as Luke's character that that yeah. would have happened. He never ever ever again shows up to see his sister. That's bull. That that was something they yeah. did in that movie. Before I share my final thought, Jerry, what's your response to that? It's interesting because this is the first movie I've really actually felt. That was the first time I felt like I actually could relate to Luke because when you feel like you failed somebody so immensely and in such a big way, the hardest thing to do is to come to that person and be in the midst of them because you think that they would want nothing to do with you. It's part of the reason he probably cut himself off the force because he either felt like he didn't deserve it or he couldn't, he didn't measure up to what he was supposed to be. And we talked and he talks about this with his hubris and we see a little bit of his hubris and how they're seemingly portraying him in some of the newer series. But again, that was all after, so it doesn't count. Um, I don't know. Like, cause I've been that person that like, everyone's like, Oh, you're so optimistic all the time. And like right now I've just been walking through struggle and struggle, but Luke seeing that Luke being a person of immense hope and optimism like that goes through a struggle that genuinely just breaks him and seeing that it takes other people to remind him of who he really is. I see why he made those decisions. I don't necessarily agree with his choices of actions in the midst of that, 
but I understand it. So like him not wanting to see Leia, I understand because he feels like he's failed her. I understand why he didn't want to see Han because he feels like he's failed them so deeply. He was supposed to be the one who took care of their son. He was the one who's supposed to make sure that their son did not walk through the path of the dark side like uh, their father did. And he failed miserably at it. He failed all these people who entrusted them with their children to be a part of his new academy, assuming any of them were. He failed a lot of people. And you feel like you're the... It's For someone like Luke who thinks that they're the hope of the galaxy, who thinks that they're going to get the whole thing back on track and do everything, and then they fail that miserably at it and that hard, I understand why it would break him. Like, I don't see how you wouldn't have some sort of immense struggle after that. Because it wasn't just Kylo. Like, all of his students died. Canonically speaking, Kylo murdered all of them. Now, a couple of them were conflicted kills because he didn't want to, and he kind of accidentally killed a couple of them. But he killed all of them, like straight up. And you see that he like destroyed that whole school in the midst of that. And so, and they don't do a good job of portraying that story. This is and me like again, that, that yet again. Hold on, there we let are, me finish. Right? Let me let me finish. But that's and I'm not saying it's because of the storytelling. I'm saying I realized that after contemplation, just solely based on that movie, like thinking about everybody that he's failed. I'm just basing solely off of everybody that was in the story up to that point. That's a really big, big, big failure. And he probably had way too much of his identity. If he was, a, I could see where he would have way too much of his identity tied up in that. And so that's the kind of stuff that breaks people like really badly. So I don't know. I think I understand a good chunk of it. I don't agree with him staying gone as long as he did, because I feel like that's just running away at that point, which we can debate whether or not it made sense for him to run away at that point or not. But his initial response being something like that, I totally understand. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I just yet again don't think he even would have gotten to that. I mean, I'm not saying he wouldn't have made a mistake, but the the cause of that d- d- was not something like Luke's not. I just yet again, he's already been through all of this stuff. He understands the 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 things that caused. Like we're th- we're really thinking that he's not talking to Yoda and and Anakin as Force Ghost. You know, when if he, he cut himself off from the Force, yeah, when he started, he can't do it. He started, he started, he started his school, so all these things. So you're t- what I mean is, we're assuming that Luke just said, "I'm not going to talk to, to Obi Wan or Yoda or any, not get their guidance through any of this stuff anymore." I've got this. So that that's what we're saying that he would not have asked like, "Hey, listen." Um, you know, I got my my nephew here. He's uh, what? What do you got? What do you think we should do? So, so we're gonna- I mean, I I don't I honest I don't know either way. Honestly, right. like because legitimately, done we right. haven't seen that story. Right. I don't know. Because they, it's not done they well. might develop that later. Yeah, I don't know. But it's but I, yet, up yeah. to that point, I understand what you're saying. Like I do. I didn't. I didn't. It made me upset because I didn't connect to that Luke in that sense. All of us have experienced that and feel that way many times we've we've screwed up and i understood that i didn't understand like what it didn't make sense to me was how luke got to that point like like how because they didn't tell that story well yet again they they didn't but that's what took it away from me is i didn't Mm -hmm. it didn't make me connect with the character because i'm like okay this doesn't seem right 
Like something, something in this, you know, like we're missing, we're missing a huge chunk here that they could have even covered a little bit in the back, you know. It, yeah, they literally could have given you like ten minutes of like how this was such yeah, a huge failure to him, and that would have made more sense. It didn't make sense for Luke to be on. Like, like I said, him showing up as a force projection was like leaving Leia voicemail and then croaking. Like that was what that was. That was the equivalent of that. That was so. It was like, oh, that's sweet. They hugged, but he's not there, and they. That to me was an insult to those characters that we had seen through all these. And I know it, we talk about all these scenes with hope, right? We don't need a happy ending, right? Han died, um, you know, which, you know, I, for whatever it was, the, the, I think that he still should have died in that movie, but whatever, you know, whatever it was. Um, not necessarily in that particular way in that scene, but it, it is what it is. But those two are so. If you're if you're going to have a Skywalker saga, and you're going to try to branch off from it, you need to have a, something better than that crap inside of a cave and crate, um, where it ended up being a scene with no consequences for really anything. Because of course they get out of it, and that's fine. Like you know, Rose saves Finn, even though him having a sacrifice there. Because they didn't have to do anything with this character anyway, which actually was he was one of the ones I was most excited about. Thought his story could have been incredibly cool. But that's not Ryan Johnson's fault. That's Disney not not letting cover up. No, no, not not at all, not at all. Um, But I thought it would have been at the in the end. You watched all the movies and you're like, yeah, they would have killed him right there. That would have been a pretty ballsy move. It was like Skywalker when I really thought they killed Chewbacca. I'm like, dang, okay, they got somewhere they can go with this. And then it's it's two seconds later, he's back. So, I'm like, okay, you can actually make Ray interesting because she was completely uninteresting. Like, just whatever. Okay, she's cool. Well, she was interesting at the point when she was a nobody. Yeah. And then they retconned that. And I was like, guys. Yeah, that was so stupid. It was dumb. Um, You know, she. she I feel like, okay, so let's agree on this then. If nothing else, this movie set up a lot of the new characters for some really fantastic character development and growth. And then Disney canned it. But Ryan Johnson did set all those characters up for something good. I would just because say Ray's for backs- everyone... Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, if, for those listening that you have yet to read the script for Duel of the Fates, give yourself like 30 to 60 minutes mm-hmm. to read it. Yeah, so before. good. Yeah. Because I think... It's legitimately... I think, I think that's yeah. a, you know, it's a good question to be posed, Jerry, and people listening should answer it. And then after answering that question, go read Duel of the Fates. It's great. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, I agree. It, the, my final thoughts on Last Jedi, again, going back to the ending, I could not agree with Jerry more on the character of Luke, in my estimation, was more relatable. Um, and, Luke was always hopeful. It was always a character I aspired to be more like Luke, but I couldn't always relate to him because mm-hmm. even in my own life, I would always be combating with a state of uh, being hopeful and then sometimes being in a state of hopelessness. And And I like the fact that this character of Luke, if you're still thinking in, in the, the whole arc of the, the hero's journey, it's like, Hey, you know, this is a relatable character of Luke. And, uh, yeah, him, 
him having knowing what was going to happen to him doing the force projection that it would result in his death uh he recognized that he needed to sacrifice himself for the greater good of the galaxy and that's based on that lesson that yoda still taught him right and if anything that scene shows you that the character of luke still relatable why because he's still being taught by yoda if if luke was this grandmaster knew all the answers and did all of this stuff then he wouldn't he wouldn't be getting all the still getting this lesson that he needed to hear from yoda even the character of yoda was humbled even though it was a deleted scene and i wish they put it back in yoda became qui-gon's apprentice because qui-gon was ahead of the curve beyond Wait, really i didn't know mm-hmm. yeah and and yeah. and and qui-gon is the one who teaches um the force of the wills mm-hmm. to that of yoda to become one with yep. the the living force to, to so retain cool. your consciousness it's because there's the living force and then there's the cosmic force and people you're like oh what's the difference watch star wars rebels and then and then you'll get a good handle on it. Qui-Gon never finished his actual training. So. <laughs> yeah, well, the, and that's a that's the thing in the Obi-Wan show. They, they, but, I, but I think that was a liberty. I was kind of like... I was okay with I could, Yeah, I was okay with I that was because because uh, I thought it told the greater good of... Um, yeah. The character of Obi Wan. Yes, uh, I thought I, I thought it was a oh, I thought it was mutual, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, again, Luke was just so much of a of a, of a relatable character, and again, Ryan Johnson, he was in a predicament because <laughs> JJ, like Jerry, I think you said it earlier, and sorry if I'm misquoting you, JJ, he can like start a story, but he doesn't know how to finish it, and and the thing about it is you you had a scene ending on a cliffhanger. On the first act of a trilogy where Luke was distraught, like even when Ray shows him the lightsaber and then the camera pans out, you know, Mm -hmm. before it says directed by J.J. Abrams, you know, Luke is like, he's like depressed. He's like, why are you here, Ray? Like, I, he has some level of conflict. And Ryan Johnson had to tell the story of like, what got this person onto that island mm-hmm. and 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 i could not agree with ryan johnson more i hate when the force is used as a superpower the only time i want a force to be a superpower is when i'm holding a video game controller in my hand okay mm-hmm. for reals um i i don't like ray and kylo ren having a tug of war battle that on a cargo weird. ship okay and and again it was just really a I loved the intimacy that it wasn't this force battle between an uncle and a nephew. It was like Jerry was saying, there is a confrontation of the past. There is some create, there's some stuff that really happened. He was force projection. That is a superpower. That's an ultimate superpower. No, it's a big superpower. Now I, I I don't, I don't think I'm just saying in, in my in my opinion, I think a force I like it's a superpower. I'm just being yeah, devil's advocate. But he didn't. But he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't do any like crazy force powers and pushing and all of that. It was he was projecting himself to be a distraction to for the greater good, which was the hope and the, these new characters, the new generation. They're the ones that are going to ultimately take the spark 
and restore hope back to the galaxy. And it goes and it comes full circle when Ray says, you know, when Luke says, Hey, what do you know about the force? And she's like, it's about levitating things and lifting rocks. And he's like, everything you just said was the wrong thing. And he says the same thing to Ben Solo. But when Ray is lifting the rocks, it's not just lifting rocks. She's instilling hope into that future generation. And and that's when I thought there was so much happening in that final act. I'm like, man, the music, the cinematography, the the what you're seeing beyond the screen and seeing beyond sight is like this instillment of hope in this person who needs to find her place in the story like we all do in real life we have to find make our own legacy it it it, it makes the characters far more relatable um where i could find myself relating more to ray i could find myself relating more to finn finn being like you know i i want to run away from my past right and not get involved in the fight and then his arc comes full circle where he's like no i found my place where i need to be right everyone finds their place of where they need to be at the end of the last jedi that middle act and i think at that standpoint ryan johnson made a great movie from a star wars sense given some of the rules what happens in the universe like the Haldo maneuver those are the thing in the mary poppins things those are in at, at a minimum i think distractions and i and i do believe when you had someone who could put together an arc but also say hey ryan johnson that's a good idea but it sucks and let's try this you know, instead of breaking the rule of the hyperspace, hey, if you want to do some echoes like we do with our other Star Wars properties, you know, look, think about the A-Wing and Return of the Jedi. If you want to do a sacrificial move, try that. That wasn't breaking any rules, you know. But if you want to kind of give the full arc with Holdo and also her saying, oh, impose like, oh, this is what it means to be a leader. I have to sacrifice and not be a show off. You could have done that, you know. And I think that's the, the biggest lesson Disney learned is now they're going to, hopefully, the Dave Filoni's, the Pablo Hidalgo's, they're always going to have a seat at the table to keep people accountable to those things of what you should do and what you should not do as far as adhering to the rules, but also giving some level of freedom to telling some creative news stories. And if anything, hopefully, Ryan Johnson gave that blueprint of how to do that, um, but also how not to do it. Don't do it in a episodic <laughs> release get get your own arc if you're gonna do something wild go do it in star wars visions which is awesome yeah but yeah you, great example canon. get great great example like but yeah get get far away from episodes one through nine we don't need the connective tissue um you know episodes one through six was a complete story it didn't need a seven eight nine in my opinion it was the rise the fall and the redemption of yeah. anakin skywalker oh oh my gosh it's a hero arc at play who would have thunk it right um but when you're company and you're just first you're just trying to make a lot of money and then you hope to tell a really good story as a result of that that's a recipe for disaster and george lucas did not do this to make money he had enough of it as is with all the companies he originated he always wanted to tell the right story yeah and and us fans we ain't getting that anymore unless George takes it back. This is what's going to happen. But it's got potential still. It, oh, yeah, because of Star Wars. Yeah. And it's the got stuff potential because with... George Lucas gave it the potential yeah. of and what he created. <laughs> and the stuff they're coming out with isn't all bad, so. No. It's not. Um, but, you know, George Lucas, Stan Lee, the author who did Mary Poppins, 
I'm going to use that reference because Joey keeps on talking about that, and I agree. They all had original great ideas, and it's up to Disney when they purchase it to take care of it, uh, take care of those properties. And, uh, yeah, it is what it is. That's Disney, mm-hmm. folks. Yeah. Well, yeah, we've, <laughs> we've hit a... We've hit a, uh, about an hour and 20 minutes here, guys. So, uh, we like Star Wars. Yeah. Well, The Last Jedi was the longest Star Wars film of all, so I guess That's the podcast true. had to follow suit to be the longest one. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> As I sit here and play with my lightsaber. And unfortunately, that is, and Jerry's actually playing with a real lightsaber, not using it as a metaphor. Well, not like a not like a plasma lightsaber. This, like, what is it, Darth Malgus lightsaber that I have? This thing's awesome. <laughs> Well, guys, yeah, it was uh, obviously a, a uh, intense discussion, as I figured it would be, since I did not get those feelings from that movie that you guys got. We still love you. Yeah, I just didn't, oh yeah didn't I didn't get any of those things that you guys saw, especially at the end of the movie at all. I yeah, um, but that's probably because I was already so pissed off at the entire movie uh, to begin with. You know, after you know half the movie i just couldn't yeah, it was tough for me to watch um i'll try to sit through it again and see if i can pick up on any things that you guys said um but i do like a like, commentary stream how i saw this movie but i know but it, you guys are too right and that's the that's the great thing about being fans of something is you can see something and it's, two people can see things and three people can see things in completely different ways yeah, and, and that's that's the great thing about entertainment, and the great thing about Star Wars. Uh, and that's something we need in the world in general is just our ability to look at yeah. the same thing and look at it from different perspectives and see, recognize the good and the bad in yeah, each other's the, perspectives. Because yeah. you bring up, like, all of you guys bring up good points about it. Yeah. And Star and, Wars and is just a medium yeah, plus to practice that. To think about because it made me somehow. I might try to. I'm going to try to get through it again at some point. I promise I will, and uh, I'll try to get through it and let you know if I pick up on the things you're talking about if I could finish this movie again. <laughs> I'll we'll bring... If you're really committed, I'll give you the the novel. Yeah, that, I, <laughs> oh, yeah, gosh. That sounds good. Uh, well, guys, I, it was a fun one as always. I uh, will work on probably splitting this into two two, two episodes, um, most likely, because uh, this, this is a good one. But uh, uh, we will talk to everybody next week uh, whenever... I don't know. We, we have some good stuff talk to talk about. Sh- about. Let's talk about She-Hulk. She-Hulk, we got She-Hulk, we got Rings of Power, we got uh, House of the Dragon, we've got some really good, some good This fall, we're going to be we're gonna be busy this fall. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, Andor's coming out soon. Uh, let's see, we've got Bad Batch coming out later on here in the, in the end, I think this month as well. Doesn't Jedi Survivor come out like sometime before the uh, end of the year too? After the first of the year from what I saw, but maybe oh, you know, drop it sooner, you never know. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, take it, take their time, make it great. Mandalorian yeah. out February. The next Mando. season looks like it's going to dive into some Mandalore lore. Uh, Mando lore, Mando lore, big time. And uh, then Ahsoka's next year too. So we right. got we got a lot, and of course all the Marvel stuff coming as well. Like it's it's great. Yeah, I think Jerry, you and I definitely agree on She Hulk. I think that there's a lot of people that don't. <laughs> it's so much fun. Yeah, it's a fun show. It's a real fun show. Um, we'll let you try to catch up on it. <laughs> yeah, I watched. I watched the first episode. Yeah. It's it's funny, and that's 
I've kind of set myself that expectation. Yeah, it's just it, it's ha- very, have fun, have fun, have fun with it. Don't take it. Don't be too it's serious. It's supposed about to be it. funny. It's yeah, supposed and, to be funny. Yeah, yeah. It's and, a and comedy, I think, for sure. yeah, and for that, I'm, I'm. Even though it's only been got, like the first episode, I've enjoyed it completely differently for this show. Uh, but yes, well, I, you know, I, I enjoy talking about this article with you guys because I probably, I, yet again, would probably wouldn't even have known it was coming out unless you guys had brought it up to me. Because I just, mm. yeah, I just don't pay attention to the periodicals anymore. Um, so it's, uh, I'm glad we were able to talk about it, and sure, people will agree with. We'll have people that agree with you guys and people that agree with me uh, on this, and. Because uh, yet again, mm-hmm. it's a real, real big touchy subject in the Star Wars and the nerd community. Uh, yeah. The Last Jedi. So I appreciate. I'm glad that we got to talk about it. So, guys, enjoy the night, and uh, I will get this. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, She Hulk and some other nerd things next week. Ta-da! Sounds awesome. Thank you. Adios. May the force be with y'all.